Okay, so a couple of years down the road, you are um, <clears throat> you're working at a uh, a record store. Okay, um, <clears throat> it's like a full time gig or a part time gig. Full time. Oh man, am I like really it's into high fidelity? Very much. Oh, man, so. I love the book, and I, I honestly, I, I love the movie. Sure, I read a lot of Nick Hornby. The book takes place in yeah. London, you know. You, you used to uh, get together with a group of friends who would read uh, Nick Hornby uh, novels, and you would call yourself uh, the Horn Boys. Oh no! And you guys would get together and uh, <clears throat> just discuss the novel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you're like super into like, uh, you know, like uh, buying records and okay. like vinyl and stuff like that. What's the rest of my life like? Because I feel like <clears throat> if I get really into like buying vinyl, I'm probably committed to living in an, in an apartment forever. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm going to sink my money into that instead of like long term wealth. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, and you absolutely <clears throat> do that. Yeah. Okay. So um, you're working at this place. Um, it's called the Gin Ass Book of Records. Gin Ass Book of Records. Yeah, because you guys sell records. What the Gin Ass? Yeah, G U I N dash all caps A S S. So do people call us Gwen Ass? Frequently. <clears throat> this sucks, Pat. So, um, you uh, you're working there, and you have that like a uh, uh, this guy that you work with a lot. Um, he's like an older guy. He's probably in his like early sixties. And yeah. uh, from day one, you guys just kind of hit it off. Um, older people like is, me. Sure. Um, and he is like uh, he'll he'll be talking like he was uh, the first day you met him. Um, you uh, sat like you uh went to a um uh like your break room or whatever like on like your, your lunch break and you sat down and you looked over and he was kind of sitting across from you and you guys were eating the exact same lunch yeah what was it uh a hen sandwich a what sandwich hen sandwich a hen sandwich yeah there's this new um place in the nearby there's like a food it's like a um in the mall you know yeah and uh wait this yeah. is a record store in a mall yeah malls have made a big comeback dude a couple years down the road uh malls have once again become the place to be you know and like you go to like like if you live in uh you know la which you do uh, you'll go to the mall and you'll just see famous people everywhere. Am I dude. still doing comedy? Yeah. Okay. Is that going okay? It's going fine. You know? No. You man. uh you have a, a monthly show that you do. Yeah. <clears throat> you uh yeah, you guys uh do it at a car wash. Okay. And the, the name of the show is called Warsh. W a r s h. That's how my granny said it. It's from the Ozarks. That's how they say it back there. So you have this like monthly show that you do at the car wash. What's uh, the name wash. of the car wash? Uh, Davy Jones's car wash. Okay. And so you um 
you have your show there and stuff and uh it's going it's going good uh you know every once in a while the show gets uh disrupted when you know, like a car will pull up to like go through or whatever and everyone gets sprayed uh but other than that wait what uh, you guys do it inside the actual like like car wash and people are coming to just get hosed down in like a commercial car wash i mean it doesn't happen every single time no but, but you Pat, know. that's is that a risk that everybody's aware of do people know that that's a possibility <laughs> um you make it very clear uh in the ads for it and stuff yeah. and like when you go up at front uh, up top you're like all right guys just so you know like you know we are in a, a car wash um so you know someone might come through in which case you know get the fuck out or you're gonna get sprayed and uh you know they'll probably call the cops on us so this is like a like a rogue comedy show that's happening and they're like <laughs> like you would hose take a hose to like a raccoon they're turning on the car wash full of comedy show patrons what happens is yeah so like the the owners don't know that you do the show there and you aim to keep it that way yeah pat we're trespassing i'm sure people are probably drinking yeah you know people are like uh it's it's sort of known as it's it's called this it's known as like the silk road of los angeles oh god you can get anything inside this car wash whatever you want oh man so like if you need heroin they got it i don't want want a show where people are selling heroin (laughs) You're telling me I'm doing a show called Wash that's inside of a car wash who doesn't know we're performing there. A car wash that is occasionally active during the show. And yeah. in addition to all of that, there are people there selling contraband. They're selling hard drugs. Yeah, they have. If you need the answers to like tomorrow's test, you go to Wash, dude. Uh, like there are like people that like you have no idea when <laughs> heroin. Yeah. Uh, if you need, if you need like a, a sword, you go there. You know what I mean? If you need like a, a new fingerprints or whatever, you fucking go there, dude. I'm not, it Pat, is, I'm not going to run a show where people are dealing heroin. I mean, I've probably already done that and I just it wasn't aware, but like if I'm aware of it, I'm not going to, I don't want, I don't want that, you know? See, you kind of, that was like your plan. So like, you're like, all right, this is going to be the last wash that we ever do. Like I can't keep in good conscience doing that. But, uh, the dealers, uh, they're like, they just intimidate you into, uh, that to keep doing it. Cause well, then, like, I, Look, then I man. would tell the fucking venue, I would tell the venue, but to be honest with you, dude, there is some great transcendent comedy happening there. Like you don't want to like, you know, uh, uh, get rid of this venue for you know this performance space you know and I mean? it's a fucking car wash that turns on in the middle of the show i want to find a new place to do comedy as soon as possible i, I mean, mean you're definitely looking for it for a new spot but um it's it's know, so cool but it's also so fucking terrible i would 100 percent perform in a car wash but not if there was a threat that it was going to turn on in the middle of the show Oh, and by the way, there's also the Silk Road of Los Angeles at the car wash's entrance in case you need heroin, <laughs> swords, and or answers to a test. If you need, like, to kill, like, a hitman. To kill you a go hitman? To the silk? No, to go. Yeah, well, that too, I guess. I, me- I meant to say to get a hitman, but if you need, if hitman's after you, and you need, like, a hitman's hitman, then you fucking go to Warsh, dude. A hitman's hitman. Like Andy Kindler? Very much, yeah. Very He's much. He's the like, Andy Kindler of Hitmen. Yeah, basically. 
<laughs> the guy's name is uh, Andy uh, Kilner. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and when you uh, when when you like you know procure his services or whatever, he's like. <clears throat> He'll just like interrupt himself in the yeah. middle of his own sentence. He'll be like, and so I said to the guy, I said to the guy, who am I? A guy from the 1920. Oh, now I'm the guy doing 1920. And people are just like, this is funny, but what the hell? This is really weird. So the um, other hitmen probably love him. They fucking love this guy, dude. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're like, look, if I'm going to get killed by somebody, if it's Andy Kilner, then. <laughs> they really then, respect yeah, I, his I, work. I, yeah, they're like, I'm not happy about it, but I, re- you know, I respect what they do. Yeah. So you're working at this record store. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, you have this like older guy that uh, you What's hang out with at work. Uh, his name is um, Herbert uh, Bumberdink. <laughs> okay. And um, Herbert uh, and you kind of become like fast friends you know okay that's cool. uh, you guys uh, like i said the first day you met you were each eating a, eating a hen sandwich and um so he like went like the first day when you guys uh, you took that fucking sandwich to what is a hen mouth. sandwich it's just a chicken sandwich but their bit is that like yeah it's made exclusively from hens what the fuck yeah what a shitty bit um, yeah but to be honest with you man they make a quality Hand sandwich. And you think that to yourself as you bring it up to your don't, gaping maw? Don't. And right before you bite into it, you kind of look over and you see like him looking at you and he's right about to bite into his. We're biting in, in, in sync here. Yeah. Can I ask you what's on the sandwich? And is it just like a straight up, is it like grilled chicken breast? Is it like a fried chicken breast? What 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 is it? It's a fried chicken breast. And w- on top of it, they put their uh, special, they, they call it uh, hen sauce. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah. And uh, they also put like uh, fried uh, onions on it as well. What is, Lettuce. Hen, what is hen sauce? What is it? What kind of sauce um, are it's, we talking? It's like, um, it's mostly, uh, it's, it kind of tastes like, like, a, like Big Mac sauce. All right. A thousand Island dressing. They know like me with, too well. With some added spice. Whoa, a little hot mac, huh? Making you feel nice. Okay. So it's got that sauce. You said it's got fried onions. Are you saying that they're like like onion rings or like like grilled onions on like a flat top? They're like a flat top ones, yeah. Right. And so um, right before you guys take a bite, you look over That's and you all see it each- is. Sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. chicken breast, sauce, grilled onions. Hen sauce. Hen sauce. And what kind of bun? Straight up hamburger bun or is it like a wheat bun or... Hamburger bun. All right. This sounds like a. All right. Go ahead. I've had this sandwich before and I'm honestly not impressed with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I guess that's where I'm at. Does, sure. it come, does it come with a side or anything? Oh, brother. These guys are known for their sides. Yeah. You what, know, they're, what, they're one of those places. Okay. I can I can get on board with, with a mediocre sandwich if the sides are transcendent. The sides, you have a side of uh, mac and cheese. Oh, man, it's not good for my bowels. You think that to yourself? That's why you only got like a small. Okay. Treating myself. Yeah. And like the people who run this place, like they know their audience. So like they have, uh, they actually have a, um, uh, a section of the menu where it's like, you know, they call it the, uh, 
shit saver section. <laughs> the shit and what saver it is, section. Yeah, if you're known uh, to uh, you know process uh, certain types of food in not good ways, you know, um, you. Go to that section, the shit save section, and uh, they'll actually give you like a very small amount of something when you only want to taste, but not the tragedy that happens in that fucking bathroom. You go to the shit saving section. Before I get the diarrhea. Yeah. So um, you have like one of those. Uh, you also have some uh, French fried potatoes. So wait, I, got- get a, I get a chicken sandwich, which is yeah. only bread chicken hen sauce and grilled onions yeah i get a side of mac and cheese and i also get a side of french fries yeah so the mac and cheese like i said is only a small amount yeah pat but i'm gonna get a mac and cheese and french fries and a fried chicken sandwich yeah you're you're treating yourself god damn this is gonna hurt and this this old guy herbert's getting the same thing herbert yeah, and you kind of look over at each other and like Wait, right did he get as two sides. Yeah. Oh man, the exact same sides: French fried potatoes and a little bit, just a taste of that mac and cheese. Man, next time we need to coordinate. We could probably just get one bigger size mac and cheese, split that, save on the cost. Yeah. So um, you guys, uh, from that day onward, you guys kind of became friends. Okay. Uh, and uh, it was weird because the first day you met him, you real like uh, you were like talking to him, and then um, uh, your manager like popped uh, her head in, uh, Thelma Louiseman, <laughs> and she and she goes, she goes, Aaron, um, <laughs> she goes, Aaron, uh, I, I I need you at the cash register. There's an emergency. Um, what kind of emergency could there possibly be at the Gin Ass? book of records um the cashier went into labor she didn't know she was pregnant so she's like yeah she's going to the hospital so we need you to cover it if you could that happened to a girl i went to high school with just had a baby one day it's a real thing really yeah so she just has a she wait she goes into late she doesn't have the baby at the store christ she's yeah she's like about to oh okay yeah but she gets out of there without giving birth inside of the store as far as you know, I mean, I mean as far as I like, know, Pat, I know. You know what I mean? Did a lady give birth in the store or not? Am I gonna have to? Am I gonna have that kind of a mess to clean up? Um, these tile floors. It turns out that uh, no, there's no mess or anything. Uh, but like, as you walk out, as the doors close, and you kind of like turn around and you see Herbert looking at you, and you go, "How about uh, we do this again?" And he goes, "I'd like that." And then, like, right as the door closes, you hear from inside. You hear. Hey, Herbert. Oh, no. The door slams shut, and you're what like, that's weird. So, anyway, so you uh, you go on to, like, cover the register or whatever. You don't investigate and that? It slips your mind just because, you know, you're at work and stuff. So, you go, uh, and so you guys, like, become, like, butts, you know? And you guys, uh, t- you end up talking a lot about, like, the type of, about music and stuff like that. You, yeah. you talk about film and shit. He's just, like, into a lot of the same stuff that you're into. Uh, and then, uh, one day you go into work at the Gin Ass. <laughs> what an awful name! Book of Record. What a terrible fucking name. <laughs> Why? Why what? do you think, Pat? It's a fucking <laughs> awful name. 
there, there's no need to dig into it. All right. So um, you go into work. Uh, you're like opening that that morning. Yeah. And uh, you go into work, and uh, Thelma Louise, man, your manager, <laughs> is like uh, in the middle of the store. There's like clearly like a store meeting going on, and you walk over, and like she's crying, and she's like, guys. Um, Herbert Don't died. Do this to me. Are Herbert died last night. What the fuck? And you were like, "Holy shit!" And like everyone's like crying, you know. Man, not because of his death. They're all they're all suffering from uh, clinical depression, so they already were crying. They're like, "Who?" Don't give a shit. <sighs> that fucking and so, sucks. Uh, you were kind of like the closest one there. Yeah. And so they ask you to. Um, they doesn't have like a family or anything like that. Uh, so they asked you to go in and just sort of, um, you know, take stock of his apartment, uh, see what he has in there, stuff like that. What are you fucking talking about? They want me to go take an inventory of this guy's goddamn house? People, yeah. That's not how death works, Pat. That's not what happens. You don't have somebody but, in there with a fucking Excel sheet. Sure. But nobody knows really what to do because, like, you know, this guy doesn't have any family, no one to kind of check on it or anything like that. Does he have a will? No. So you go into his. Who's uh, his, his emergency contact? It was you. No, fuck you. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna let him. Before that, he didn't have one. Like he just, he went through life for the like. I think, and it's interesting because you think about this later. The reason that you guys became so close, you think, is that he finally found himself a next an emergency contact. You know, and that someone was you, Aaron. Did he ever tell me? That he was putting me down for that, or did he just put it down? No, he was too shy. We were friends. We were good enough friends that he's going to list me as an emergency contact, but we're not good enough friends that he could tell me he was doing so. You know, people are uh, people, are people. you know? Well, then I guess I go to his goddamn apartment. So you go into his apartment, and um, the landlord lets you in, and um, you walk in, and it's crazy because he has, like, just stacks on stacks on stacks of different uh like homemade tape recordings and stuff like that oh. that he had made over the years and you're like huh that's, that's the first thing good. you notice that's the first thing you notice but then and you're kind of weirded out at first but then you like kind of turn to the side and you see that he has like photographs on the wall of himself with different like famous musicians from over the years so there's a photo of him with like uh with like Bob Dylan uh, yeah. And Bob Dylan actually like signed it. What did he, what did he sign it? To Herbert. <laughs> God damn it! How does it feel, <laughs> he, Bob Dylan? Uh, he has one with uh, like Bruce Springsteen. Uh, him and uh, there's him with like the Dalai Lama. Um, there's who's just, you know not a musician but has a very good sense of rhythm. Uh, there's one uh, of him with like uh, like George Harrison. So you're like, what the fuck is this? And you turn and you look and you kind of look, look at that tape stack again and you realize like these are all like recordings that he had made over the years. Okay. And you kind of like look at a few of them and he's labeled them like, you know, um, jam session with Stevie or whatever. And you're like, what? And then in parentheses it says wonder stuff like that. Would you listen to any of the tapes? Yeah, Pat, I would listen to a fucking tape. Of course I would. If this guy, if this dude who was a friend of mine was a secret musician all these years and had all these like great contacts with legendary. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. listen. 
So you uh, just pop one uh, tape into uh, the you know tape player or whatever, and yeah, uh, you start listening to it, and it's him, and it's like you end up listening to like all of side A because it's honestly pretty awesome. It's uh, it was Herbert. Uh, he spent one uh, one fateful fall. Uh, he traveled to uh, England and he collected uh, various uh, traditional uh, English uh, folk songs um, from the different, uh, you know, parts of England and uh, really uh, most of the UK. Uh, and so he's just him recording these, uh, you know, re- really old folk songs, but he has like a special guest with him. Like he has like, like Mary J. Blige sings backup on all of them. Um, and, um, everything and it's her bet it's her at the top of her game man man it sounds good yeah i bet and these these are all like old traditional songs english songs we never heard before yeah so uh it's like you're listening to him for the first time because it is the first time so you're there for like a few hours you know just going Uh, through these tapes and they are, and they're astounding. And it's interesting because it's not like he knew a lot of rock guys or a lot of uh, jazz guys. Like he, he knew every, it seemed like he knew people from every type of genre. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, like he knew he was, he appeared to be close, uh, judging from the, uh, the letters that were sent between them with the, the, uh, the Marsalis family, you know? Yeah. Uh, so he had, so he played a lot of like jazz stuff with them. Oh. I probably wouldn't recognize a lot of that. I'm I'm more of a rock guy. Yeah. You've always been more <laughs> of a rock guy, but lately you've been branching out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You remember the day that you declared yourself a rock guy? You know, it <laughs> yeah. was a very important part of your uh, piece of your identity. <laughs> you were talking in front of a group of people. You were giving a, a presentation when you yeah. were in elementary school, fifth grade. You had a, a big ass uh, Pokemon uh, backpack on that you wore at all times. Man, we were too poor for anything named brand. Well, it was it was uh, it was supposed to be Pokemon, but it but it was uh, was it Digimon? It was like a, no, it was it was a actually like a an off brand version <laughs> of di- of Digimon <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Pokemon. It's called it's called Dopamon. <laughs> Dopamon. <laughs> and uh, all the people, all of the uh, the pocket monsters in it, they're all just really dumb. <laughs> yeah. So instead of Pikachu, there was a there was a a, a little creature called uh, uh, Pikachu, and he would just like his catchphrase was "I don't understand," and everybody on the show was just dumb. So um, you just remember you had to give this like presentation about uh, about music. Uh, you like had to do like research into different stuff, and you gave a presentation on folk music, and uh, you fucking hated it, dude. And you ended your presentation by being like, "And that's why." I'm a rock guy. <laughs> yeah. Everyone booed. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, so normally you were a rock guy, but you've been kind of <laughs> branching out a little bit, like not like, you know, anything too crazy. So like, there are some, a lot of names that you don't recognize. And when you look them up, like you'll just Google them and you're like, holy shit. Like this guy was like a big deal. Yeah. So he clearly, so he kind of had this interesting, like past life of his, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you kind of look around and you're like, man, a lot of this stuff seems like it could be pretty like valuable. So these are, to be clear, he has a giant collection of forgotten British folk music. 
Well, not just that. That's just one example. Of oh, okay. It. But he has a bunch of stuff where uh, stuff like that. Um, or there'll be uh, an album of blues standards that he and BB King recorded back in the day that was never released for whatever reason. So, it, it, but a, a lot of this is like uh, he's like a musical historian, mm-hmm. and he's documenting music with his like famous friends. Basically, I, yeah. I think I would take this entire collection and give it to a museum. I think what I would, museum? What are you thinking of? Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know anybody who. I mean, I start with like the Smithsonian. You know what I mean? I'd start there. So you go I'm to the, swinging for the fences with this because I mean, because sure. this seems like a very uh, extensive and elaborate collection. Sure. I mean, that seems it seems like an, an incredible find. So you bring it to the the Smithsonian. You call ahead of time and stuff like you. Yeah. You, you explain the situation, and you're like, uh, and they're like. Oh wow! They're like, yeah, we would, we would love to examine these. They're like, uh, yeah, can uh, we? We'll pay for you to, you know, come on out to the Smithsonian. Okay, do you do it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would probably. Do they want me to bring like examples of the tapes or? Yeah. Okay, I would grab some cool ones, and uh, so you you grab the uh the English folk one. Uh, just because these are all stuff that you're like, I don't even know how well known these are. These might be like the last known recordings of these songs, stuff like that. Yeah. You grab that one. You grab one that he recorded. Um, does he have one with Bob Seeker? You fucking know he does. I'm pulling that one. Hey, I'm, you know what? I might not. I might just keep that one for me. Sure. I might tuck you, that one away. Sure. Yeah. You tuck that. You fucking, you tuck that tape away and you think to yourself, daddy's gonna have himself a night yeah and you uh so you grab uh, the other tape that you grab is it's him uh it's actually the only known recording of uh, the beatles jamming together uh after they broke up uh and he was there too but he, he just kind of played like uh like keyboard kind of he kind of like laid back he knew what he he knew what the deal was you know what i mean yeah yeah so you grab those and um the next day the smithsonian uh flies you out you know and uh, you end up meeting with uh, the guy in charge of, uh, you know, like audio recordings and stuff like that. Philbert Smooth. <laughs> Phil Smooth. And, yeah. And what happens is you're like sitting waiting for him in his office and you're kind of like, where is this guy? And you turn around and he was waiting for you to turn around because he runs in and just slides oh, in. No. You know what I mean? And he, and he goes smooth as he comes in. And uh He's he's a, he's definitely a, a ham, but uh, you know whatever. This sucks. So, <laughs> Philbert, we've had Philbert and Herbert, a couple of Berts on today's app, like this. Just a couple of Berts. Philbert Smooth. Ugh. Yeah, and uh, and so you talk to him, and uh, you guys and you guys make a deal for you to like donate all that all that to him. Yeah, oh, not to him, to the Smithsonian, obviously. Sure. Uh, and he's just, and he's like, holy shit, this is like, he's like, this is incredible, Aaron. And he's like, yeah, if there's anything more like this, I mean, he, he goes, he, he, he basically is like, look, like we're going to have to take a look at some of this stuff. Um, he's like, all right, well, I'll make arrangements for someone to, uh, to go there and, um, and, uh, and grab them. He's like, Aaron, this has been a huge find. I really appreciate it. Is he going to compensate me anything for it? He goes, I believe we can do a little something. And he uh, slides you a uh, envelope. 
Do you open it? Yeah, I look in the envelope. Of course. It's a uh, $100 gift card to the uh, Darden Family Restaurant Group. <sighs> and he goes, don't worry. That carries over from month to month. Oh, cool. $100 every single month. Does it have the Red Lobster logo on it? You fucking know it, dude. And it is bright red. It catches your eye. So I have a hundred dollars for a timeless for a collection of timeless music. I got a, I got a hundred bucks. He goes, gift he goes. You don't like Red Lobster? No, I love Red Lobster. I love it. He goes. Then we're done. And he, he again does that thing where he slides out of the room and he goes smooth as he goes past you. So he's definitely kind of a dick, but you're like, well, all right, like, whatever. I got a feeling that, like, a museum would buy this off of me. Well, yeah, he, he did. Like, now, but with, like, a $100 gift card, it seems awfully low. You know what I mean? So do you pitch it to, like, a different uh, museums? I mean, there's got to be, like, a, a museum. I don't know. So what happens is you kind of fly back and you're like, yeah, I don't really know what to, what to make of this. And uh, when you land, you have a, a letter. Uh, when you go back to your uh, you know apartment or whatever, there's a letter from Lanalax Museums. Do you open it? Yeah. They go, it says, hello, Aaron. They go on to explain that um, <laughs> they, they know that you have those like recordings, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they are offering you $35,000 for them. He goes, or you could donate it to the Smithsonian, dot, 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 I guess. I mean. Love. Nicholas from the Lanalex Corporation. That, I'm, I'm very conflicted here. It's like, do yeah. I do I try to get money out of this, even though it wasn't mine? Sure. Or do I just donate it? I'll tell you what I would do. I would go to the Smithsonian and I would say, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take the hundred dollar gift card on the condition that you guys build an exhibit to show Herbert's contribution to music. Like Herbert, this is about Herbert and what, like an incredible body of work that he secretly compiled over the years. Sure. And they kind of look at you and then they go, I think we can do that. You pay homage to my friend. You can have it for the gift card. You get it in writing and everything. And uh, you make sure that like, you know, it's like legally binding and stuff. And uh, and they do do it, man. They they put out uh, or rather they make like a, a an exhibit about this sort of unknown, uh, you know, underground musical hero that no one knew about. That just if, there, worked if, there's, like a, if there's a documentary about this, I want to be a part of it. Like I want to I want to produce her credit on it done all right and so people and it's a it's a it's a very uh well put together exhibit uh and it it people are like really like holy shit how did how did no one know about this guy before yeah, this is yeah. crazy uh and you're like hell yeah you feel pretty good about yourself uh i feel like i would become a herbert historian i feel like i would become like the leading expert on all things herbert 
Because I you still got like access a, to his apartment. You know what I mean? You do. Yeah. And he has like diaries and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And so you're able to kind of piece together. And he had a pretty interesting life uh, as far as uh, as everything goes. Yeah. And you kind of become like this historian for him. And um, one day, one night you're out uh, pretty late doing some uh, some work, you know, some herb work, you call it. Uh, and uh, you kind of like become aware of something odd. Yeah, that it's suddenly even though that it's like uh, the middle of summer in Los Son Angeles, it has become noticeably chillier in your apartment in Herbert's <sighs> apartment. Wait, am I just crashing at Herbert's place? No, but you're just there looking at all the different uh, stuff that he has, oh, you know, Okay. and you're like, that's kind of weird. And you look yeah. up and standing in front of you is uh, this guy. He is wearing the sharpest suit you've ever seen in your fucking life it is crisp the thought of a wrinkle being anywhere near that suit is insane like you actually look down at your shirt and it's become perfectly like flattened just by being in the presence of this fucking suit this guy uh he uh is completely bald not a single stitch of hair the top of this guy's uh head yeah his uh eyes are icy blue they remind you of uh pools of water in the arctic that would all be uh kind of weird enough but this guy has rows upon rows <laughs> of teeth the sharpest teeth that you've ever seen in your life that's the First, most disturbing part of this and we never address it that he has multiple rows of razor sharp teeth he has several like a cone head you look at those teeth and you that think big phone <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> Just love the codex. <laughs> it's all right, <laughs> dude. I might watch. I might watch Coneheads when we're done with this. Yeah, those teeth look like they could <laughs> make oxygen bleed. <laughs> they're so looks, sharp. They're so sharp. Again, you think of the Coneheads. <laughs> and it ends up being the last thing that you think of. <laughs> what the fuck? Because he looks at you and he goes, he goes, hello, Aaron. My name's Ice Bones Jones. One. And he goes, why don't you just take the money? And he just rips your throat out <laughs> with those teeth. We he bites he, my throat out? He bites your throat and you feel every single row of oh, teeth no. on your fucking neck. And it is pretty much endless it's weird he opens his mouth and you look into his mouth as he runs towards you and you don't know how to explain this but it looks like there's an endless row of teeth as they just come towards you and envelop you and he rips your fucking throat out and he sucks all the blood out of your body God until uh, when when uh, the cops find you you're just like a husk of skin there's Ugh. no blood there's no internal organs there's nothing that sucks pat I did the right thing. You know what I mean? I could have gotten so much money for that, but I did the right thing. They honored sure. her. Man, fuck you. I did the right well, thing. Well, no, the, I mean, the exhibit, uh, you know, people really yeah, like the exhibit. Yeah, and I'm dead, Pat. Yeah. Fuck you. 
uh, uh, one week after you die, uh, yeah. some tapes are released of Herbert just being very racist and anti-Semitic. So they uh, end up taking down the entire exhibit. That fucking sucks. He, he was actually a piece of shit in real life. Great. Yeah, I guess he's the first <laughs> racist anti-Semite in the history of music. <laughs> no, but he was he was bad, dude. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> France. We come from France. Goatheads. Baldar, <laughs> the big phone. 